episode number 215 of the Emotionally Equipped for Life podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're listening to, I am the author of the books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. These books are based on two self-help tools I created that support you in getting unstuck and getting clear so you can live deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So this month we are focusing on respect. And today I would like to focus specifically on self-respect as I believe it's an integral part of the work we do with getting emotionally equipped. In episode 183 of this podcast, I spoke about this concept of creating crazy goals. And I'm not going to get into this now because I already dedicated an entire episode to it. But basically, the idea of creating what I call a crazy goal is to really challenge and stretch yourself outside of your comfort zone. And the reason I do this in my life on a regular basis is because crazy goals force me to grow and learn and evolve. There's really no other way around it. More often than not, it's actually going through the obstacle or the challenge that changes or transforms you. Living the easy life doesn't do that for you. It can't. I mean, Just think about a butterfly. If it didn't need to go through the entire metamorphosis process of creating the chrysalis and then breaking free from it, if it didn't go through that process, it would just stay a caterpillar because there wouldn't have been any forces requiring it to change into anything else. And it's the same with us. When we don't stretch ourselves, we end up living the same lives we lived yesterday, which is fine if you want to live the same life you lived yesterday. But if you're looking to grow and evolve as a human being and have that impact your personal and your family and your professional life, you need to challenge yourself. And that's the work I do with people in so many different areas of life. Right now, the areas that the people who are participating in the current six-week emotionally equipped journey It ranges from working on physical health to money and finance to fun and recreation to sleep to emotional health and well-being and more. Each person is choosing where they want to put their focus right now and how they want to grow from that challenging place. And a universal process that tends to occur after people set a crazy goal is that At first, they feel excited and motivated and ready to create a change, and they go all in and they even get happier and they feel even more motivated when they start to see results. But this could last for a day or a few days or a few weeks, and then boom, something happens and we stop. This happens to all of us, right? Think of a recent goal that you made for yourself. Maybe you set a goal to walk a certain number of days a week, or you set a goal to lose a certain amount of weight, or you set a goal to have a certain number of hours of sleep a night. Think about how long you stayed with your goal before you decided, for whatever reason, not to do it one day. 
And then that one day turned into two days. And then those two days turned into a week. And then before you know it, you're right back to where you started. You've experienced that in your life, right? I know I have. But I don't do that much anymore. And I'll explain why in a moment. And the thoughts that I've been having over the last few days and that I want to share with you today really has to do with the actions that we say we're going to do and self-respect. Because here's the thing, many people have less of an issue committing to other people than they do to committing to themselves. So let's say your neighbor is healing from some light surgery and needs a walking partner every day for one month. And your neighbor calls on you to see if you can be that support person. And you agree. And not only do you agree, you don't ever falter, not even once, because it's your dear neighbor. And you would never do that to your dear neighbor, right? But now, consider the same situation, but the commitment you're making is to yourself. It's the same exact task, taking a short walk every day for one month. But you don't do it. Why? Why don't we do this? Why can't we make and keep commitments to ourselves the way that we do for other people? Are we that pathetic as human beings that we can't do what we say we're going to do? So first of all, we have to remember it's all about emotions. Everything we do in our lives stems from the emotions we feel. If we can all learn and really internalize this concept, I believe we would be so much better off as a society. So if you're feeling tired and defeated, the chances that you're going to go on a walk that you committed to are slim to none. But if you're feeling energized and excited about going on this walk, you probably will go on that walk. But just because you have negative or difficult emotions doesn't mean you have to act on them. If you are feeling these difficult emotions, there is something else you can do, which is, of course, to get unstuck. And when you take yourself through the unstuck method, you uncover the thoughts that are holding you back. And when you begin to investigate the truthfulness of those thoughts and you recognize that most of what you're thinking probably isn't very true anyway, you can start to take on new perspectives that will help you feel better. And then from there, you can get clear so you're confident with moving forward and then go on to live deliberately. So why don't we do this? Because we get stuck on those sticky emotions which are so powerful. And because it's easier to stay stuck than it is to get unstuck, it certainly requires a lot less energy. And we have proof that if we stay stuck, nothing terrible is really going to happen. We're still going to be alive, right? So why expend the energy? So let's look at what self-respect is. I was looking at Google and there was one definition that I liked. It said, holding yourself in esteem and believing that you are good and worthy of being treated well. So holding yourself in esteem and believing that you are good and worthy of being treated well. So an example of this is when you know you deserve to be treated well, and as a result, you don't tolerate others treating you unfairly. So self-respect also can incorporate the concept of boundaries, which I'll talk about on a future episode. And it has to do with knowing what you stand for and what your values are, 
And what I liked most when I was reading through the various definitions on Google is that one of the definitions suggested that self-respect is an inner quality that each individual must take time to develop. And I really liked that. That is, that self-respect is not necessarily something that comes naturally to all of us, like it's something we're born with, but rather it's a practice that we need to develop and then maintain over time. And then when I scrolled down a bit more, there was a link to tips on way to develop a healthy level of self-respect. And that list included keeping a journal, considering your own feelings, taking care of your emotional needs, and acknowledging to yourself that you deserve respect. And I was like, boom, (laughs) everything I speak about in the emotionally equipped journey and everything we practice in the emotionally equipped circle. So I want to share with you a stuck story I had just a few days ago and how I got unstuck from it and how it relates to self-respect. So right now in my life, I am focusing on my physical health. As a child and a teenager, I was very athletic. I played on the girls' varsity basketball team in high school, and I ran track, and I spent tons of time in the backyard playing all kinds of sports. And while I didn't have an inkling about nutrition when I was growing up, and I mean like nothing, I definitely remember eating Twinkies and Snackwells and Bagel Dogs and all kinds of things I would never put into my mouth now, Even though I didn't really have a sense of nutrition, I never had weight issues, like ever. Even in college, when a lot of kids tend to have that freshman 15 experience, I didn't have that. Maybe because I didn't, and I still don't, drink beer or alcohol. But anyway, fast forward to now, I definitely did gain some weight since my childbearing years, which was fine. But now that I'm past that age and have no plan of bringing more children into the world, I've noticed that I'm not so comfortable in my physical body the way I used to. And when I really started to look at what's going on, I began to wake up to some bad habits that I got into, including not sitting down properly to meals, but rather grabbing food whenever I was hungry and eating mindlessly and eating all the time and eating super quickly and not being present in general and so many other habits that has led me to create a body that I don't necessarily want. And so over the last 10 years or so, I've tried different things like running or eating salads every day for lunch or whatever, other ideas. But in the past, I wouldn't stick with what I said I was gonna do. And then I would end up back where I started, which was so super frustrating because I really always had the best of intentions. And I'm a smart person. And I always felt like, if I'm so smart, why can't I do this? Why can't I figure this out? And it was through the work that I do with emotional health and well-being that I realized it has nothing to do with smarts, nothing at all. You can be the smartest person in the world in any field and still not be able to commit to a certain goal that you're working towards. And that's because it doesn't have to do with IQ, but it has to do with EQ, which I think in the real world may stand for emotional intelligence. But what I meant by that is being emotionally equipped. So here's what happened. During the last month, what I was focusing on and committing to was eating at certain times of the day. Some people call this intermittent fasting. 
It's where you decide in advance which blocks of time during the day you are going to eat and which blocks of time during the day you aren't going to eat. And I did this for one month and really became the person that I wanted to become in this particular area of my life. And so this current month, I'm starting to take on something new, also related to eating, in order to continue to evolve me forward on this path. Anyway, the point I'm trying to get to is that we had guests this past Saturday. A few years ago, we adopted a couple of kids who were on a gap year program, and every once in a while, they come back to visit and they come for a meal. And I'm always so excited to see them and host them, but my quandary came when I was envisioning the meal itself, specifically me not eating, because they were going to come at a time where I'm committed to not eating, because that's a block of time that I'm just not eating. And as I was cooking and preparing for the meal on Friday, I noticed myself obsessing over what I was going to do. Like it was a real problem. On the one hand, I wanted not to eat, obviously, because that's the person who I've become and I really worked hard on becoming. And I didn't want to mess that up because what I created was working well for me. On the other hand, I had so many reasons why I should eat, that I would look stupid if I didn't eat, that it would make my guests feel uncomfortable if I didn't eat, that my guests may be concerned if I wasn't eating, that I'd have to explain myself, and on and on and on. And so while I was preparing for the meal, I found myself making one decision and then deciding the other way, and then going back to the first decision and then convincing myself all the reasons why I shouldn't do it that way. If you could have seen the inside of my brain, it probably would have appeared quite comedic. But of course, it didn't feel like that. It felt like true suffering. Like I couldn't be at peace with just one decision. And it was clear as day that I was stuck. And so I took myself through the unstuck method to get myself unstuck. S, I just took a stop. I took a couple of breaths. T, I told myself that I was stuck on nervousness and embarrassment and fear. U, I uncovered all of the beliefs that you already heard me say. I believed it was going to bother my guests. I believed me eating would make everybody feel uncomfortable, including me, and other thoughts. And then at that point, I tried to separate fact from story. Like, what were the circumstances in my story And what is my thinking that I'm putting on top of those circumstances? And when I did that, I noticed that none of my thoughts were 100% true. And so I considered to respect myself. I considered that I can make a decision and that respecting myself would look like sticking to that decision, no matter what other people are going to feel about it and no matter what I would feel about it. I just considered that I can do what I'm going to say, and that would be self-respect. And of course, the decision that I really wanted to make was not to eat. And then K, I held myself in self-kindness for having gotten stuck in the first place. So first of all, I have to tell you, it felt so good to get unstuck. It felt like so much weight was lifted off of me after I made the decision I didn't have to think about it again because I already decided and then I went on to get clear. And then you know what? The meal came and went without any issues at all. I don't know if my guests 
didn't notice that I wasn't eating, or they did know, but they didn't say anything. But from my perspective, everything was fine. I totally engaged them in conversation. I got caught up on their lives. They got fed. To me, it felt like everybody was happy. It is so funny when I think about it, how much weight I put on being concerned about what others think about me, when in the end, reality often shows that most people are way more concerned about themselves and what others think about them than they are concerned about you. And while choosing not to eat lunch may seem like a silly example of self-respect, for me, it's a really meaningful example because it proved to me that I can commit to my word and that while my tendency is to worry more about others than I worry about myself, when I'm aware of that, I can make changes and live from that place of integrity. And I can do that for basically two reasons. One, I'm emotionally equipped. And two, I have a daily practice that supports me on staying on a focused path. And that daily practice is journaling. And I don't mean just writing out what's on my mind, but I mean systematic journaling, including being prompted to use the unstuck method and the clear way and the living deliberately approach. I've been doing this on my own for a while now, And recently, I decided to come out with a journal that can guide and support other people in the same exact way. And this journal is currently being tested, and I can't wait to share it with you when it's ready. And by the way, another way to feel such support, in addition to the journaling, is to be part of a group where you come together each week to update everyone where you are with what you're working towards that month, and to be held accountable for your word. And that's exactly why I created the Emotionally Equipped Circle, which is a group I formed for those people who have gone through the six-week journey. So now that you've heard my story, take a moment and think about your life. What are you working on this month? Where would you say you're holding yourself in self-respect when it comes to committing to what you say you're going to do? And if you feel like you aren't holding yourself on the level of self-respect that you want, What's holding you back? What's blocking you or keeping you stuck from holding yourself in esteem and believing that you are good and worthy of being treated well? As I mentioned earlier, I'm in the middle of leading a powerful group of amazing individuals in the six-week emotionally equipped journey. I'm not planning to start a new journey until the fall, but If you would like to go on the journey one-on-one with me to get emotionally equipped, send me an email so we can set up a time to meet and make that happen. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to getting emotionally equipped with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Emotionally Equipped Podcast. It is my honor and privilege to be able to show up here each week for you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to start applying this work to your own life, you have to check out the Emotionally Equipped Journey. This is my six-week group course where you study my tools in depth with me so that you can become emotionally empowered in your life and in your relationships. Head over to my website, shiragura.com for more details and to sign up for the waiting list for the next journey. I look forward to starting this journey with you.